Welcome back once again to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, and I edit and publish the website, theweeklydriver.com. It's been online since 2004. My colleague and friend is Bruce Aldrich, and today we have on a guest in a whole different area, um, something new to us, uh, is Chris Bright, and Chris uh, has uh, a new website that he's hoping uh, good things uh, to happen in the future. It looks pretty good, but it's an area that I don't have much experience with, but Bruce might. And the name of the site is collectorpartexchange.com. And I think for me, this takes me back to, you know, having an old car or having friends that are, have old cars and you can't find a part. Maybe we'll go to the junkyard today and we'll get Swap lucky. Meets. Swap meets. We'll, we'll, Swap we'll, meets. We'll get lucky. We'll find this, you know, whatever it is, widget XYZ, and somehow we're going to get lucky. And that's all changed, of course, and that's why we have Chris on today. And so, Chris, welcome to our podcast. We're eager to jump in to find out what you have going on with your site and your new business. So thanks for being a guest. Great. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really honored to be on. Can you just give us an overview? What's what's going on? You have a, a, a varied background. You've been successful in other businesses. So why uh, why this new company? And I don't mean that in any kind of accusatory way, but why did you decide to do it and what's it all about? Well, I've been in tech startups basically my whole career. And uh, I left a company that I had co-founded a uh, about 18 months ago and was looking for something new to do. And, and a fellow executive at that last company uh, also was with me. So I said, I'm starting a new company. And I kind of assumed we were in the hot world of enterprise legal software. Uh, and I assumed that we would do something in that particular area. But during our conversations, we just decided to really be freeform about brainstorming what we could do. And uh, one of the things that Bruce just mentioned was actually an inspiration because in Portland, Oregon, in April, one of our wettest months, 120,000 people gather to go to a swap meet. And I go, what? what is that all about? Like, why do people do, do that? And the reason is because that's how you buy and sell used car parts. Uh, you can't find those really unique pieces that'll finish off a car or you've got a project or something. And, and that just led us down this whole path of, and, and my own personal experience, I've owned collector cars, and it's, it's not easy to buy things online or find parts. You have to call around. There's some bigger sites, but for the most part, the really good stuff are either with smaller suppliers who don't have the wherewithal to build a robust, a robust web presence, or it's in the hands of collectors or dealers or other people that um, it's, they're just sitting on the shelves in boxes in the back of their garage, taking up a lot of space, but they don't really know what to do with them. So that was the inspiration for Collector Part Exchange. So we're the first online marketplace built expressly for buying and selling collector vehicle parts. And we, we do define that pretty broadly. So uh, it can be motorcycles, anything uh any vehicle is is welcome, and we don't really have any discriminating against uh, age. That's why we use collector rather than classic or vintage. So if there's exotics and things like that, we don't want to get into just being a part store, though. It's really meant to be a place where serious car people come to either list the parts that they have to share and get them back in circulation, or 
um, for people to go and find that really hard to find part. So it's it's a lot of uh, commercial businesses, but I guess private parties can also sell. If I had a bunch of old uh, seventy Mopar, you know, I don't know whatever kind of parts for my Challenger and Barracudas and whatnot. I didn't want them anymore. I could get on your site and try to sell them. Yeah, you bet. And the 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 we we have you're exactly right. We have two two types of sellers, and one is the the commercial folks and. You know, we've got people from all over the world, frankly, who are uh, using it because it's hard to build a website and maintain a, a website and and all of that. So we end up becoming the 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 online presence for these folks. And then uh, I honestly think uh, the bigger class will be individual owners, like you're talking about. Like I I have a, a theory uh, that when you buy a a collector car, you don't buy one car, you buy 1.1 car. There's usually uh, a couple boxes of stuff that's left over in the back seat or stuffed in the trunk when you get it. And sure. oftentimes those things don't move with the car. They uh, they get set aside and, and you end up with them or you do some changes yourself and take some original parts off and upgrade some things for whatever reason. So we all... If you're in the collector car world, I'm willing to bet you have at least one box of stuff laying around. Stuff. And yeah, and it can be anything. Uh, it can be good stuff. It can be not so good stuff. But uh, we want to be able to offer a place where you can go in and get those things back in circulation because someone else needs them. I, I was just having coffee with a friend and he used to own a Ferrari Mondial and he said, but he sold it, and he says, I still have a bunch of these little clips for the tonneau, uh, and they're really hard to find, and I, I hoarded them. And and I just discovered them when I was moving, and I have about uh, 16 of them. So I'm going to put them up there because that will be a treasure to somebody else. And it's, it's not a high-ticket item, it's but it's an original item, and it's and it's something that if I was a Mondial owner and I broke those clips, I'd be – really anxious to get my hands on. So it can be small things or we have people who are selling rebuilt engines and project cars and automobilia and anything that could appeal to the collector car world. I have my dad's 1959 VW uh, that, you know, it's been in the family. So I, and I still own and drive the car, but anyway, you got me to think, and I do have boxes of <laughs> parts, you, you know, I, I get new or remanufactured, whatever it is. And I have the box of the original stuff, so I would want to put those on. I did look yeah. on your I, I looked on your site also uh, for various parts. I looked under the fifty nine bug and I found a horn button for two hundred and fifty five dollars. Well, I know I have a horn button in my box, and <laughs> <laughs> that's worth some money. You may be hearing from Bruce again. Yeah, you you betcha. And and I think that's really the the idea of creating this community resource and. Uh, that everybody can participate in because I think that's really going to be the fun of it as it grows over time. We're, we're only one month old, so it's still early days, but we're getting a lot of excitement from people with just exactly those types of items, just uh, trying to get it out there. And and we've made the barrier to entry as low as we possibly could. So to, to start selling, uh, it takes about 10 minutes to set up an account and get it going and there's no cost whatsoever to do that and you can list parts for free there's no listing fees you can list them for as long as you want 
so there isn't like an end date where you have where they roll off like other online marketplaces. So, um, and when it sells, we take a five percent commission, which we feel is is pretty reasonable for the for the level of service sure. that we offer. Absolutely, and we try and make it a, a really great place to to be able to communicate with people, so you can interact freely with them and. Here's the part that I'm most adamant about is we don't have any advertising sponsorships or anything. It's just a resource for people to use. Um, you don't go in there and get bombarded with uh, floor mats and license plate covers and, and <laughs> air fresheners. Uh, it's just when you type in something that you're looking for, if it's in there, it will be at the top of your list and nothing else. And, and I'll just kind of also add one of the things that we've built – is we call it part ping and if you go into the site and you can't find it go ahead and just submit a form we've got a huge network of, of suppliers across all types of makes and models we'll we'll send them an email and oftentimes people might have it stuffed away in the back and haven't had a chance to list it or um or know somebody who does have it so we're tr we're also trying to help connect people to resources that'll help them find what they need so yeah that, yeah that ping system what are you talking days to get back or what, what's a typical ping if i put a well, it, it it all depends and i have to say we're working on making it a more automated process but right now um it, it probably i would say probably a, a couple of weeks at this point and and the reason is we're we're backed up we're we've had more than a hundred submissions already. So we're getting about 25 a week right now. So just trying to keep up with it and, and stay on top of it. But we're, we're definitely filling orders. Uh, we've got other people who are helping us do the work, but some of the things are pretty, pretty interesting and rare. Uh, I, we've gotten two requests for parts for pre-war Bugattis. Now there's oh, not man. a huge, wow. Yeah. There's, you know, so so, and guess what? I happened to be on a driving tour with one of the premier Bugatti restorers, and I mentioned that, and he goes, I might have that. So I'm still waiting to see if we can connect the dots on that. But that's that's how it's going to work. We're going to help navigate this network, and hopefully um, everybody will start seeing how it works and, and want to participate. That's that's really neat. Yeah, I, I, I put a ping out yesterday for a... I used to have a 75 280Z, and the clock always broke, and so I just put a clock for for that particular car. I haven't received anything back yet. But, you know, in the collector car world, two weeks is like the speed of lightning, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think um, one of our, in, in addition to just regular folks looking for things for their cars, one of the par pieces that we really feel excited about is helping the businesses that restore and repair and maintain cars because uh, they spend an inordinate amount of time searching for parts. Say the any shop of any size has a dedicated person who that's pretty much their entire job is to go through and just and and basically it's it's all phone based. There's not a lot of stuff. It, it depends on the make and model. So I'm not gonna that's speaking a little broadly. It, in U.S. domestic cars, there you can usually find what you're looking for online because it's a it's a bigger market. It's a little bit more commoditized. 
but for any anything that's a little special or rare, even like VWs and things like that, like you were mentioning, a '59 uh, VW is uh, that's a that's a hard thing to to find parts for. That's funny when when those things start getting rare. <laughs> that's right. I'm old. <laughs> I, uh, Chris and, and, and Bruce, the discussion you guys were having led me to a few different areas. I had this vision of a friend, uh, years ago, uh, looking for, he was a, kind of a little bit of a guy who would tinker around his house and he couldn't find a certain, uh, screw set and bolt set. And, but there was an old hardware store that was in a part of town that he didn't frequent very much. And he went over there and, you know, there's a guy behind the counter, and I'm not comparing this man's age to any of our ages, but an older gentleman, maybe in his late 70s, and my friend just walked up to him and said, you know, I'm looking for this. Might there be a chance that you have it? And the guy said, sure, and he walked in his back shop, and there were 200, you know, file cabinets, and the guy went right, right to it and found this thing that, you know, I don't know where. He, he just remembered exactly where it was, and I think it cost my friend a quarter or something to get whatever he needed, but... I have this vision of you're, you're basically a modern-day, old-style hardware store where the owner of the store knows where it is. And in this case, if he doesn't, he's going to ask somebody where it is, and somebody's going to find it. It may take two weeks, a month, but they're going to find it. That's, that's, a, yep, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm equating it to. That, that's a, a perfect analogy. And, and I can't tell you uh, of the folks that we have who are commercial suppliers – you just described them to a T or a, a, a vast majority of them. They're, they're folks who probably back in the 60s and 70s maybe worked as mechanics and then just started acquiring parts and, and realized that was going to be their business. So they became a part supplier. Now they're in their 70s. And I talk to those guys all the time. And they they don't know what they're going to do, many of them, because they don't have somebody to hand it off to. And and in some, some were already too late. They've gotten to a point where they can't do it anymore, don't want to do it, and they just sell it. And it's like not even pennies on the dollar. It's less than pennies on the dollar for their inventory. But, you know, it's not cataloged. It's not inventoried in any meaningful way. So it's just this big pile. And I, I have dreams, honestly, of having a, a marketplace or a connector for helping those people find somebody to take over their business. Cause there are examples where there's someone who's an enthusiast who maybe is getting to a retirement age, but still wants to work and they'll, they might want to take over the business just to have something to do and be part of the car community. And, and there's a few examples of that. Uh, Hadn't thought about that. That's a great one. Yeah. Good example. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, it, once we've gotten into this, there's so many ways that we see ourselves as being a, a, a nexus for the entire, this layer of supply, because you can buy cars online every day of the week. You know, there's, there's a million websites to take your money to buy a car, but buying parts is really, really a challenge. And it's, uh, and something that I'm hoping we can help put a light on because I look at this group of people and they're the backbone of this hobby. Like when you get down to it, if you don't have a healthy supply of parts, none of these cars are going to be around. So you need these folks to be be in there, but they don't get enough attention. They don't get enough credit, in my opinion. So I want to I want to help them uh, modernize, help them connect to new customers. We're getting a lot of new buyers who are more online centric, and you know if we can help them find each other, then we're going to be doing a real service to it. And even if you fast forward into the future, I imagine a time 
it might be a decade or so out where there aren't a lot of these older parts even in existence anymore. They've, and now we're doing on demand. Uh, there there's, you can 3d print metal nowadays with, uh, with tools. So, Hey, I need a, I need a, a header for this old car. Uh, guess what? Someone's going to just fabricate it on demand, whether it's with a print, a 3d printing kind of style thing, or just they'll, they'll do it that way. Like you would upholstery and they know they have the specs, they know exactly what to do and, and it'll be ready in three weeks. Great. Chris, um, before I forget, we want to, I've been doing this lately in our recent episodes. We, we talk and we, and we have a great guest, but I forget somewhere in the middle to, to reintroduce the guest. We're, we're talking with Chris Bright uh, today. And Chris, uh, you just said it was a month old. We, we got you early on in, in, your, in your new empire. Uh, Chris is running uh, with a partner, a business partner, uh, collectorpartexchange.com. And all those words are singular. There's no collectors or exchanges or parts. It's collectorpartexchange.com. Dot com. So why there, there, uh, there's a funny story about that. Please. Because we, we did originally have it collector parts exchange. Yes. And even people today. But when you see that URL written out and you see the S in front of the word exchange. Yes. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> once, once you see that, you can't unsee it. So we, we definitely went with uh, singular. On, on parts. I, I hate to be the spoiler of that, which was very astute of you and your um, business partner, but that other word might have increased your SEO value on some <laughs> level for, for all the wrong reasons, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, we did toy with it. We, we still own that URL, but we haven't turned it on. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah. Actually, someone else I talked to uh, who's another supplier, and they, had, they did a, Italian part exchange, and he goes... I know why you made it singular. So yeah, I love it. I love like it. Once, once you figure it out, it it, 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 was, it it makes me laugh every time. It's kind of funny. Chris, I heard you that your website is mentioning that you're a total e-commerce solution. And I think there was mention to Amazon would you, mm. in, in that regard that they, you know, they've got it pretty slick for buying and selling and searching. Is that kind of what you're emulating as an Amazon or is, is that not fair? I think Amazon is a good good idea. Um, Amazon and eBay. Uh, eBay is probably the one that we are competing against right now because Amazon doesn't have car parts. So right. in, the, in the car world, a lot of people go to eBay. And I think a lot of folks are just frustrated with how eBay is operating nowadays. And and they aren't giving a lot of attention and their, their, their prices are going up and things like that. So... Uh, we don't carry any inventory. Our whole mission is just to help connect people who have parts to people who need parts. And Amazon does that. Amazon also kind of has their own brands and things like that. So um, we're just trying to be a marketplace, just like a swap meet, where, hey, everybody can come in and hopefully find what they're looking for. Yes, I didn't mean that you wanted to be like them per se, but they're, they're as good as they are at, at their e-commerce solution, mm-hmm. not their yeah. product. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And and we, we've tried to make it as simple as possible. So you can go in. Um, we've invested a lot in trying to build the site. So when you go in to our site, and again, we're, we've got about $4 million in inventory today on online, but 
that'll be $40 million in, in due course. And as we get more and more people into the site, um, we just want people to be able to type into a search bar, whether it's in Google proper or within our site, and be able to f be directed to someone who has that item on our system. So you could go, hey, I've got a 1970 Maserati Bora header and you put that in, well, we've architected our site. So when you go, if you did that in Google, with, uh, you, we would be returning that result right in Google proper. And, and you know, I think that just is how the world is going. And, and you, I'm sure you both have this experience. Whenever you have a curiosity in, in any dimension of your, your life, uh, the first place you go is you open up your computer, you open a search bar, and you just type that in. It could be a travel, it could be a recipe, it could be whatever. That's what uh, I do. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah, and that's just how we're we're trained to operate. So we're trying to bridge that gap where people can still have that notion and be able to, if it's a car park, be able to find it quite easily. I don't, I, I don't know if you're, uh, if you're old enough, Chris, but I was going to make fun of myself. I think when I was a younger guy the way that we would find something is go to the encyclopedia. <laughs> we don't have those anymore, do we? Go to the, <laughs> go to the library. Go we? to the library. Yeah, go to the library. Um, they don't do that anymore. Um, go to the, the online libraries. I, I was going to jump into another area. One thing I really like also about the site is that, you know, you've added a personal touch to it. And um, journalistically, uh, I get a whole bunch of newsletters. I'm sure you do. Bruce gets a lot of them. And the old school print newspaper um, quickly going by the wayside, but I'm looking through CPX Shop Talk, uh, July 19th, and you, you personalize. You tell about you've you've hosted by Keith Martin and Sports Car uh, Market Magazine and five days together. So you write a little personal essay, and then you go into the stuff about your site and and what's going on. And I think that's a really nice touch. And uh, I'm scrolling through, and the, the newsletter looks really good. And then I came, came upon something that kind of threw me for a curve, and that is Bruce and I have a, a good friend who uh, has a 62, maybe, Ferrari. Mm -hmm. And uh, his name his first name is Bill, and this is probably 25 years ago. He showed up to one of our uh, former running club uh, locations on a Tuesday night. And he was brought his Ferrari out once in a blue moon, and he t told us, that he had the, the damnedest time finding a car part for the Ferrari. I think it might have been a side mirror, exterior mirror, and he found it when it was $325. Or maybe it was a little lock to the front engine, I'm not sure. But anyway, this was 25 years ago, and that then cost $325. It was an extraordinary amount of money. And scrolling through, I see this Ferrari owner's manual. Oh, they're worth a lot. They're worth a lot. And... Um, this is a story I've told a few times now, but I went to Monterey Auto Week. I'll try to be succinct. And there was a memorabilia area, and I met these guys who were really interesting. And, and he and the, this guy and his wife and his friend go around the country. They go to all these memorabilia shows. And now there are people um, forging um, memorabilia, particularly in the Ferrari area. So mm -hmm. I'm wondering if in your background or the month that you've been online, if you've had any notion to worry about fraud or if you think that that's even pertinent to your business? I, I definitely think it is pertinent to our business. And I think our whole mission is to try and vet people a bit. Uh, so we want 
and you can't do it all the time. No. Sometimes it's after the fact. All of the dealers that we're dealing with are known quantities, people with great reputations, uh, some of the best in the world, frankly. And and the person who's selling that particular item that you're talking about is Bruce Trenery at uh, Fantasy Junction, one of the most reputable uh, car dealerships in the country. And Bruce has been a very big supporter of CPX. Yes. But, you know, part of it is uh, hopefully we have people who are identified as themselves, not as some shadow figure. I assume at some point as we get more successful, that will come be, be a bit of a problem. So we really want to try and police it. And if we get any complaints, we will uh, research them. And we, if someone isn't gets a bad review or a bunch of bad reviews, we're going to just, we'd rather not have them on because the that takes the whole marketplace down a notch if you start getting cruddy um, experiences for people. And the word gets around. So I want to really curate it to make sure that we have the right parts. And, and I don't care if you sell rebuilt parts or newly manufactured parts, as long as they're accurately represented. Don't represent them as something that's period correct or period original. Yes. So, um, you know, sometimes we want to just give everybody all the options. It's you, you look in to it and say you're looking for that side mirror for a Ferrari. Well, guess what? There's one that's period correct, original, new old stock. And that's going to be a lot of money. Right. Or there's one that's uh, uh, reproduction, but absolutely identical in every way, except for it was built within the five years, but it's built with the right standards. And then maybe there's one that's more, a, we'll say, a knockoff type of thing where it's not to the highest quality, but it it might do the trick for what you need. So guess what? All of it, Or there might be someone who takes your old one and rebuilds it for you, and that's all offered in one search. So right. you could go, oh, well, I don't have to buy a new one. I can send my old one to this person and get it back totally refurbed for half the money, and it's still the original one, and that might be the best option of all. Gotcha. Bruce? Well, this sounds like a great site, and I really hope it takes off because there are collector car people that uh, some love the hunt and like taking weeks and days and going through swap meets, but uh, I think most of them don't like that <laughs> they better just do some kind of online presence and or a phone call and say hey send it yep uh, chris we'd be, be uh, remiss with without asking you since you are a car guy uh in in the umbrella of that term uh what kind of cars do you have now or are you seeking a special car do you have a a holy grail out there that you want well, I have a I have a few cars. My daily driver is a 1974 Alfa Romeo Giulia Super 1.3 stock uh, original. So it's it's 88 horsepower is still a kick in the pants to drive, and it's a surprisingly functional car. It's got Great. a lot of space in it. Um, really fun to drive, and it gets the the most attention. Uh, you know, wherever you go, people want to talk about it because it's really uh it's a charming car it's one of those it's kind of like the italian version of the two the bmw 2002 except for these were never imported into the u.s so that's that's my daily driver and i just got Great. a new project car that i'd been building long before i decided to enter into the car world and that's a it's a recreation of a maserati 350s 1956 sports race car wow uh, driven that's 
And uh, it it's just a project that I I didn't really intend to start, but once I started getting into it, it got me excited and I just kept going. It was built in Argentina by a, a fellow named Nestor Salerno, who actually raced those cars in period. He's a he's the last of a generation. He raced against Fangio and Moss and all of those guys. And then he became a car builder and he actually was licensed by Colin Chapman to build Lotus in, in Argentina. So um, he's he it's I just got connected with Nestor and now he's a great friend and and practically my uncle. Uh, and we, we built this car and I finally got to drive it for the first time last week. And oh, great. I, I just have a, a fascination with the Mila Milia and that era of race car and the bravery of those guys racing and women. There were women who raced in the Mila. And to me, they were the European version of astronauts. Like in the U.S., we had fighter pilots and astronauts, and in Europe, they had race car drivers who did things that were probably stupid by modern standards, but brave within their own context. And and they they pulled people, they pulled the car industry forward, the engineering forward, and pushed us in new ways. And and this car is every bit that experience. It's hand-built, uh, hand-formed. It's a piece of art. It's beautiful, but underneath it's a beast and one that I will never even come close to realizing the potential of. But just being able to have it out in the wild and let people see it is a real joy to me. And and like I said, I've only driven it twice because it's just getting uh, sorted but I'm going to have it down at Monterey in in a month, and I'm really excited to share it with the community. We'll, we'll have it on the lawn at uh, Concorso. Oh, okay. Uh, Bruce and I are going to be there. We should uh, exchange emails or something. We should have a beer or something together. We're going to be there early early on. <laughs> I don't know. What what color what color is it is it red or something It's red uh, yeah Okay we are uh, we're going to be uh, I think August just August 9 through 11 uh taking in uh Concord on the Avenue and a uh, little car show in Pacific Grove so maybe I don't know what days and you're going to be there but we'll communicate You bet okay. I'd love Um we wanted to um, tell everybody again that we're t- we're speaking with uh, Chris Bright uh from collectorpartexchange.com uh, one month old website with, um, boy, by your enthusiasm, Chris, um, I think it's kind of, as the cliche goes, it's futures ahead of us. It's got to take, <laughs> yeah. take off. No, right? it looks great. Future's great bright. Site. That's what I usually get. There you go. Yeah. It's a great site. <laughs> great site. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Uh, probably a good place to wrap it up today, but, um, welcome everybody to go to check out the site. If you're looking for, you know, whatever it might be, but I, I just want to uh, go over once again the idea of somebody contacting you who may have a, a garage full of boxes with mystery things in them looking for a place or someone to take it over. What I, It didn't cross my mind, but what a great thing that, that's going to – you're going to be like the um, – you know the barn finds. You're you're driving along the country, and there's an old barn, and op- somebody opens the door, and there's 20 cars in there that nobody's seen for 30 years. You're going to be kind of like that in your in your own way. So, we want to um, thank you, Chris, for being our guest today. And and with any good luck, we'll shake hands and have an adult beverage or two down in down in Monterey. Great. Well, thanks for having me. It was really a fun conversation. I enjoyed it, and uh, hope everybody checks it out. Uh, we're and if you have ideas, uh, we 
we, we love to hear them and, and you can email me at any time it's just chris at collector part exchange just reach out I'd love to talk to anybody who, who has a curiosity about what we're up to thanks again Chris take care cheers alright thanks bye bye